Netflix endorses this commercial. Quick disclaimer, if the F word offends you, you're going to want to not listen to this episode for many reasons. Project Pat would be the first. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) When in doubt, just click the 3-6 Mafia. We all know what Buffalo Wild Wings. It's a great franchisee investment. Although the restaurant itself is terrible. It's awful. Let's be honest. 617 for a Miller Lite. The wings are tiny. They suck. We just go there because they have every channel and you can watch like Brazilian badminton. The only reason we go there is for that. But why go to Buffalo Wild Wings when you can go to Buffalo Riot Wings? That's right. Buffalo Riot Wings. Netflix endorses Buffalo Riot Wings. We're piloting the concept in downtown Minneapolis. As we speak, it's opening tomorrow, conveniently right before the George Floyd uh, decision in the court. Go in the bathroom and see pictures of Dr. Fauci and their amazing governor, Tim Walls, facing you as you piss. But you don't need to use hit the urinal. Piss all over the place. No one cares. This is Buffalo Riot Wings. There are no rules. You know the iron claw machine when you walk in? You can't get that little, uh, you can't get that, that pony for your, your daughter? Just bash that thing open and take it, baby. Nobody cares. This is Buffalo Riot Wings. It's built to be destroyed. What's that? What's our what's our premise or what's our what's that what's it called mission statement? Our wings are on fire. No, seriously. Once again, our wings are on fire. Seriously, they are on fire. The building's on fire. Come to Buffalo Riot Wings. Express your disinterest in civic duty or society, and just destroy private property. Come on down, Minneapolis. Eat food. Wreck the place. Piss all over the wall. Burn the building to the ground. It's actually an insurance scam anyway. For the you franchisees that are curious about this, you can contact Danny Belts uh, to get your Buffalo Riot Wings in a city near you. And why burn the building down? Fuck it, who cares? It's Buffalo Riot Wings. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 44, Mr. Blake, he'll never touch you. That's right, necessary roughness, bitch. I'm your host, Danny Belts. We have a loaded one for you today. I mean, I got a funny sales story for you about basically my fifth cousin, a good friend of mine, kind of my sales or the mentor under me, which is scary because I'm garbage. Buffalo Riot Wings. Be sure and talk to me about that franchisee opportunity as Bro Exotic is the one that actually started this with Woken Token. He'll get into all of that. I got to be honest, I think I ate half a gummy, so I'm probably going to be uh, <laughs> Well, we'll just see how it goes. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I'm going to tell you the story about my friend fishing last week. We'll get into that. Rashida Tlaib, no policing, unbelievable. The religious persecution that I could not get into last week, we'll get into this week. Inner city shootings, it's out of control, all tied in to necessary roughness. And then, of course, Tommy Bench coming up in her batting cleanup. And you all know he's going to bring the pain as he normally does. I'm not even going to tell you he's going to talk about it. I want people to stick around. Sometimes we see people exiting the episode early. How can you leave the sports antidote now when we're not even really talking about sports if you don't want to listen to Tommy Bench? 
calling that ass out. That's how it is. It's been raining for 72 hours. I'm thinking about building an ARC, another great investment aside from Buffalo Riot Wings, which might be the best idea I've ever had in my entire life. Again, anyone interested in franchisee opportunity, please hit me up on Instagram at Danny underscore belts with a Z. And I'll tell you how we can get up on this Ponzi insurance scheme I have going. We'll see how the pilot goes after the George Floyd decision where this idiot is absolutely going to walk. And it'll burn down within the first 12 hours and I will collect almost 50% of my initial investment and then additional 622.6% after that. 51.6% of all stats are made up on the spot, by the way, if you didn't know. Real quick sales story before we get into it. Yeah, not much sports. I felt it's at the sports channel while well, I'm still tying into a football movie, kind of. Is that good enough for you? All right, I mean, if not, then guess what? World needs plenty of bartenders. Two weeks with pay. Good. You get it. So one of my friends recently, uh, he's kind of looks up to me in sales. I'm 20 years old than him, and again, I'm, I'm trash. Uh, but he's so new, he comes up to me, and he's talking about his new sales job. And he says, sales is just a straight numbers game, bro. Like, I get it. I'm like, whoa, hold on now. Hold on now, young buck. How can you get it? You just, you just started it. <clears throat> like, I don't even get it. And I'm almost, I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm almost 40. Uh, how, what do you mean that you... You get it. And he just basically goes on how it's a numbers game. And I'm like, look, okay, a numbers game is when I was in college, okay? Or maybe not me, but anyone that's in college. Let's say I'm going to go out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. All right, I'm going to hit 10 bars. I'm going to talk to as many women as I possibly can. Let's say I talk to 50 chicks. And of those 50, I qualify, let's say, 25. All right, and of those 25, let's say, you know, I get six phone numbers of the 25. And of those six phone numbers, I'm going to go on probably three to four dates or meet up with three to four dates. And of those three to four dates, I'm probably going to take one of them home. See, that's a numbers game. <laughs> that's, that is a numbers game, all right, that every guy has played at some point. But it doesn't mean that it's a numbers game in sales. And I'm explaining to him because I've hollered at a chick my sophomore year and she shot me off or bl- bl- shot me off. <laughs> Shot me down. <laughs> and then I might come back to it my senior year and then we're out having sushi or something. I don't know. But like when you play a numbers game in sales and you talk to a decision maker and he tells you no, like that's it, son. That is it. So when you dilute the value of the initial conversation, then you lose those opportunities. So don't treat it like a numbers game. This isn't chicks at the bar. This is your job. And it hit him over the head like a brick. And speaking of which, I'm segueing here. I'm segueing. Speaking of getting hit over the head by a brick, let me tell you what happened in 2003, actually, fishing with a buddy of mine. Let me tell you the type of dude this is before I even get into this story. This is a dude so wildly successful. Uh, came to my wedding. He doesn't even drink, hardly. Grabs two flutes of champagne. Finds me, cheers us, takes almost, I think it's the first sip of alcohol I've ever seen him take. Uh, Drinks half of it, puts it down, and then hugs me, and then leaves. Because he had a baptism the next morning for his niece that he could not miss. He flew down from Buffalo, New York, to come to my wedding for 10 minutes. Flew back to Buffalo the same day. So who does that? I'll tell you right now, I ain't doing that. That's the type of guy this is. So anyway... He hasn't missed a podcast since its inception. Even all the ones we had to delete, just we didn't have to delete, but when we redid the reset, we literally did a reboot. 
He flies all the way down there, like I said, to the wedding and leaves. Who does that? Anyway, he calls me and he says, uh, hey, Belts, I, I, I got to tell you something. I'm like, first of all, he never calls. He, he doesn't have time to talk and what he does. But anyway, I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? What's going on? And you know guys that you, you never call you and they call and you, you answer the phone? For me, it'd be my friend Cowboy who never answers the phone. And when he calls me, I can't answer the phone fast enough. I'm like, what's up, bro? What's up? Want to hang out? Want to get a beer? Because <laughs> Belts doesn't have any friends. Self-deprecating humor. Who am I, my brother now? Jeez, anyway. <laughs> so, he says, remember when we went fishing in 2003? I'm like, absolutely, I remember. He goes, remember what I told you? I'm like, yeah. What he told me was, as I alluded to last week, is he said, dude, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm gay. I said, man... It doesn't change that with us. He's like, just, you know, don't try to take me home. He's like, you're not my type. I'm like, well, good. Then nothing changes now. Are we still fishing? Huh, let's catch some redfish, bro. And he goes on about how, you know, he's talking about how just hooking up with girls or just pursuing women is just becoming a chore. And he's just only doing it to save face. And I was like, well, that sounds awful. I mean, dude, like, if, you know, if you are a homosexual, then shouldn't be going after women. You should be doing what you want to do or what makes you feel comfortable. And if you're uncomfortable with girls, then don't do that. And it's not the 1960s. So you're not going to get hit by brick. You're not going to get shunned hardly by at least the friends that we had. Uh, and, you know, he said, just, I can't do it anymore. So he calls me and he says, like I said, remember that talk we had? I'm like, absolutely. He goes, listening to your podcast and listening to you talk about sports is just like me hooking up with girls when I didn't want to. I almost fainted. I almost fainted. And he's right. Because I don't give a shit about sports anymore. And if that, if that makes you not listen to this podcast, world needs plenty of bartenders. Two weeks without pay. I don't give a shit. Sports is dead to me now. The only thing I'm clinging on to is college football, and I can't wait for them to mess this up in a few months when they woken that up as well. Professional sports are dead to me. All of them. Maybe I should start watching hockey. Are they woken? Can I talk to any of my Canadian friends? And a couple cats in Montreal listening to this thing. Is hockey awoken? He is right. I just do not care. And we very well might change this sports... It might just become, can we have an adult conversation? I'm serious. I, I mean, I, we're still going to talk about gambling, obviously. But I just, it's hard for me to talk about something I just don't care about. I, I care more about what's going on and what's not being reported, which we're going to talk about in depth on this episode today. Ooh, feeling a little loopy. Starting to kick in there. <laughs> oh, boy. So he is ex- ex- absolutely correct. Before we get into the premise of this, Necessary roughness, Rashida Tlaib. You didn't know? The genius congresswoman in Michigan is now part of the squad, is now advocating to stop policing. You are looking at the face of the ludicrous far left with Rashida Tlaib. She's left of AOC. She's left of Ilyan Omar. She's left of everyone. And she's also left of any type of Decency and void of any type of morale. You have to be kidding me. Stop policing? Okay. You know who that's going to hurt the worst? The, the stop the policing is only going to hurt the communities that you think the police are hurting. Idiot. 
That's what happens when you stop policing. Even, even Nancy Pelosi isn't on board with that. Even she came out quick and said, eh, I don't know about that. We're kind of into reform. I love the word reform. Yeah, reform. Well, don't worry. We'll get into what's really killing people in a second. I got some stats coming your way. It took me all of 90 seconds to conjure this up. Wasn't too hard. Rashida Tlaib, the only reason she's not white bitch of the week is because she's not white. But don't worry. Don't worry. We have a good candidate coming your way. And it's his second time in here as well. And I might just do an entire segment on said coach of Nevermind. We'll get into that. Cross that water when we see the bridge, right? Did I say that backwards? Yeah, I did. Cross that bridge when we see the water. Religious persecution, before we get into what we have to talk about, I have to say I, I was really, really disturbed to see in other countries, England and New Zealand, Australia, even in California, in the Catholic faith, the Christian faith, Catholics, Baptists, non-denominationals, all the same, uh, services being busted up for crowd gatherings. This is the government in front. This is their way in now. The only thing they can't control is the church. I don't care if you're an atheist. You need to understand this is very dangerous. The minute they start controlling the church, Thomas Jefferson did a big piece on this, if you don't remember. And this is way beyond the separation of church and state. This is dangerous. And the government's telling you you have to take a vaccine. Once they start controlling the church, excuse me, <clears throat> I need a Zyrtec. Once they start controlling the church, it is over, over. I don't care if you're an atheist. It doesn't matter. You have to understand coming into these services and busting them up because of crowds is just the beginning. And yet, no one busts any of these riots, and they are riots. No one busts any of them up. I mean, there was 600 people in the Buffalo riot wings last night. But we don't care about it. This is all part of the beauty of, of BWR. Wait, Buffalo, BRW. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Buffalo riot wings. Pay attention to religious persecution because I'm telling you, that is a real thing. It also happened in the mid-30s in East Berlin, along with a lot of other things. How'd that work out? Yeah, oh yeah. Huh. Sorry, John, you can hear me drinking the coffee. <clears throat> oh, man, I'm a mess. Okay, necessary roughness. First off, if you really want to understand this movie, you need to go watch some of the clips. 1992 came out, one of the cheesiest movies ever, one of the greatest movies ever. Rob Snyder does the play-by-play on a Texas State football team. Rob Snyder, as much as I love him, could not have been more horrid uh, at that role. I mean, it's actually, it's, 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 it's some of the worst. <laughs> the movie is terrible, but yet it's incredible. It's one of those movies where it's kind of like The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. It's a horrible movie, but it's amazing. He's just punching like females and it, he like beats up a bunch of it's so terrible the wicker man it's so godforsakenly awful it actually makes it hilarious whoever directed that movie has serious issues but this movie scott bakula you may know him he's a 35 year old man in the movie or at least he depicts that he's the guy from quantum leap and they talk him into coming back to school to play quarterback along with sinbad who's a teacher at texas state you see, Texas State was given the death penalty, and their only way to get players was to have non-scholarship enrolled students to play. What a plot. Coached by Wally Zing- uh, what's his name? Zingerdorf, right? You know that Rob- Robert Legino, you know the guy from, uh, 
Uh, he's the guy. They're preparing to fire the primary weapon from Independence Day. He was also in Scarface. You know, you know him. He's been in a thousand movies. <laughs> Head coach Ed Gennaro. You've seen him before. Hector Elizondo. You've seen him. Andre Krim, as I said, played by Sinbad, the inside linebacker, and Kathy Ireland as the kicker. See, they didn't start winning games till Kathy Ireland came aboard, and then they magically started winning. Um, and she looks like she's never kicked anything in her life, but that's okay. It's almost as bad as watching Harris pitch in Major League, the movie. He's never thrown a baseball in his life. Then go watch Kevin Costner throw a baseball in any of his 10 baseball movies, and you can tell, well, he probably could have played for Cal State Fullerton, although he did not play for Cal State. That is a myth. However, the coach admits he could have walked on had he want, because Kevin Costner is the ultimate male. Fact. Full stop, period. Fact check true. If you don't like it, please leave this podcast. And if you don't like the fact that Kevin Costner shows his ass in several movies, then that's like not liking Tom Cruise movies because he always goes into a dead sprint. So you're obviously uncultured swine if you don't like that. I'm sure there's another pod for you. This one, not for you. Let me tell you what is for you. Necessary roughness, baby. The movie is just incredible. So many one-liners. I don't even know where to start. We gonna party. But the mainstay of the movie <clears throat> is that Scott Bakula just keeps getting his ass crushed every single game. They have a mix-match offensive line, even gets whipped up in a bar fight in their inevitable matchup versus what is depicted as the University of Texas. Not the Longhorns, obviously, for you can't do all that, but it's them. And there's this one guy named Flattop, is what they call him. He's the... Dumbest looking individual I've ever seen. He's this big white guy with this like almost fake chin. It's kind of weird. And he has a flat top because that was the style back then. He's a big edge rusher. And they inevitably play each other at the end of the movie. And one of the most amazing scenes you've ever seen in your life uh, happens when one of the inside linebackers for Texas State gets into a ninja stance and starts kicking and elbowing and punching people. And the ref has one of the funniest Calls of all times. I love this clip. We're going to play it. And I love how in the beginning, the dude just said, this is you, baby. This is you. This is you, baby. This is you. No, no, no. You must show us some respect. It's a seesaw battle. Neither offense can move. Colts driving now with the ball. Armadillos better stop him. I mean, really, the, the entire movie comes down to this last game, and it's just incredible. And then their coach, Ed Gennaro, he could not make this big championship game. He had what they thought was a heart attack and ended up being indigestion. Spoiler alert. So we're preparing to fire the primary weapon. Independence Day guy has to be head coach. He's the defensive coordinator throughout the movie. Trust me, I'm leading up to something. And... In the big game versus Texas, their rival is they're playing with no scholarship athletes. Their quarterback's 36 years old. Sinbad. Sinbad didn't get enough run in this movie. Kathy Ireland. <laughs> Just great. He gives one of the most amazing halftime speeches of all times. 
And again, if the F word uh, offends you, you may want to not listen to this speech. But we're playing it. Now, let's analyze what's been working for us. Not a goddamn thing's been working for us. Like this goddamn suit doesn't work for me. And this stinking tie, and this goddamn shirt, it doesn't work for me. You know how to play winning hard those footballs? You play football like Engineero played football. A guy who gave his life for this football team. He was a 140-pound halfback, and he played like a goddamn wild man. No, like a goddamn rampaging beast. And that's the way you gotta do it. You go out there, you tear your fucking heads off, and you shit down their necks. Let us pray. They were getting their ass handed to him in that first half. But in the second half, albeit a movie, that speech must have done something. Really motivated the team. Now, in the meantime, Bakula is still getting crushed by flat top at quarterback. There's blood all over his uniform. The dude that keeps getting beat is the big Samoan left tackle, Tua Sosopo, who actually plays a very funny role in this movie uh, as it makes it more of a comic relief type thing. As the movie is not trying to be a comedy, yet it is. <laughs> it's just so, so bad, it's great. Anyway, Tua Sosopo is getting destroyed by Flattop, and this just needs to stop. But somehow they still manage to come down and score a touchdown to go down by one. And in college football, at this point in time, there were still ties. First of all, I am so anti-tie. Like, I'm almost anti-tie as I am anti-woke. Like, no, you don't end a game in a tie. What are we, let's, play, let's have an adult conversation and find a winner. So they have a decision. Are they going to go for the tie, tie the number one team in the country with a bunch of non-scholarship athletes in some FCS school? Yeah, because that happens. <laughs> or they could go for two and go for the win. Well, what they decide to do is they decide to fake the extra point. Yeah, that's the stupidest thing you could do. But it's a stupid movie, albeit a great movie. And they fake the extra point. And in this fake, Bakula, spoiler alert, is going to roll out and throw the game-winning pass to Popke, who didn't even play uh, the entire season. (laughs) Didn't play at all, as a matter of fact. And I guess that's why they put him in. As Rob Snyder says, now is not the time to put in all the players that never play. Hey, I didn't play. Can I get in the game? Or something along that line. But it's ridiculous. But before the play even begins, before that play even happens, one of the most amazing lines in cinematography history occurs. And it's one of the greatest scenes, if you think about it. After getting his ass kicked by Flat Top the entire movie, Tua Sosopo comes to Bacala before they snap the ball, and he's the one holding it, so he's going to be throwing it. And he says this. We're going for the tie, and what a tremendous moral victory it would be to tie the number one Texas Colts. You know, I don't know, Paul. I have never tried to block anybody uh, before. Uh, I don't care how you do it, man. Tell him a story, spit in his ear, entertain him. Just keep him off my ass. Okay. Mr. Blake, he'll never touch you. Mr. Blake, he will never touch you. And he didn't. Right before Bakula throws that ball to Popke, he has a flashback of him in the cornfields at his house throwing a football to some scarecrow with 
a number 88 on it. When magically, Popke's number is 88. He fires a strike. They go for two on the fake. They win. They beat the number one team in the country. Right before the ball is thrown, Flat Top is about to, again, annihilate Homeboy. And he is blown up by Tip Asusu. He is blown up so much the mouthpiece comes out of his mouth and blood comes pouring out of his face. A really cool scene if you haven't seen it, actually. It's really, it's pretty awesome. I mean, he just crushes him. Mr. Blake, he will never touch you. We're getting pounded on right now by this media. It's very similar to Flat Top. I'm just getting killed every single play. Every single quarter, every single game. Crushed. Nobody wants to talk about the Tyrannosaurus Rex in the room that I'm looking at right over there in the corner. We want to talk about the George Floyd case. What a major distraction. Once again, a distraction from what is happening in your cities right under your nose. Right in your own neighborhoods. I don't care if it's black or it's white. And we'll get into this. We're getting crushed. Flat top is the media. And we need a big offensive lineman to come in eventually and clean this mess up. Here you got a guy with enough drugs in his system. An expert witness says it could have killed an elephant. I mean, <laughs> Steven Crowder had someone kneel on his neck full weight for nine minutes on video, and he's still alive. I am not condoning the actions of the idiot police officer. All I'm saying is that we are looking at this like this is the problem and the, this is the issue. Again, it was a problem. It's not an issue. An issue is something that happens all the time. A problem like this is something that happens quarterly. We have a major issue, and the media just continues to throw us in the direction of the George Floyd case. And that's just not Fox News or CNN. <clears throat> it's ESPN. It's everything. And when he is acquitted, which I'm almost hoping he's not, but whatever, that city's going to burn to the ground. You better get that Tommy Bench riot insurance, which is why we're building the Buffalo Riot Wings. That's why it's open for business, I think. Is it open today or tomorrow? Whatever. Oh, by the way, no capacity, no mess. Just come on in and tear the place apart. I think I've advertised it enough. Bro Exotic's going to talk about it, but by that time, I'll be so ripped. <laughs> At the same time, though, guys, this is a serious thing. So aside from Chicago, I just picked three random cities. I picked L.A., Baltimore, and New Orleans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. There's been four police, four white police officers that have killed a black male this year so far, four confirmed all of them probably could have been avoided if we just don't resist arrest, but let's not even go down that road. And again, no one wants to see anyone die. No one. At least I don't. 163, black, 163 murders in Chicago this year. 100% of them this year have been black on black violence. Let me repeat that. 100%. It's 23 more than in 2020. You don't believe me? Go check the Chicago Tribune. I'm just reading off the stats from their paper. LA has 51. They're 32% up from last year. Baltimore has 32. They're up 12 from last year. New Orleans has 56. They're on pace to break a record. Add those up. That's 302. If you do simple math, that's almost 1200 a year. That sounds like an issue to me. That don't sound like a problem. That sounds like a serious issue. But we don't talk about that. 
Why would we? Doesn't fit the narrative. 302. We're not even... Is it, we're not even on tax day yet, is it? Oh, it is tax day today. Except it's not because they pushed it back. Boy, is my brother pissed. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got to do my freaking taxes. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this up. You just can't. When is someone going to step up? Like the big Samoan offensive lineman and just clean someone's clock in some sort of logical debate. If I had the platform, I would gladly do it. I'd get fired probably, but I mean, I, I would just, we, let's just talk about it. I mean, the mayor of New Orleans is more concerned about COVID. Carjackings are happening during the broad daylight in New Orleans now. They're happening on major intersections in broad daylight at lunchtime. Why? Because there's no cops, because you defunded them, stupid shits. Everybody quit and went to private security, make more money. The criminals know, and they're white people too. doesn't matter what color. The criminals know there's no cops. They're, they got, they're so brazen, they're carjacking people at Carrollton and Canal at 12.30 p.m. No one gives a shit. NOLA.com doesn't give a shit. Our mayor doesn't give a shit. Chicago, it's more dangerous there than it is Fallujah or Afghanistan or Chechnya. 163 murders. We're not even a third through the year. Hey, technically we are a third through the year, I think, right? I don't know. Close there too. But we'd rather talk about an idiot cop because that's the problem. Yeah, that's the issue. No. I wish somebody would just step up and say, Mr. Blake, he'll never touch you and just crush these stupid and false narratives when people are dying by the hour. I didn't even add other cities like Philadelphia, New York, Portland, Seattle, Miami, D.C., Detroit, Cleveland. I could have got real messy with this one. I just picked the most obvious one and then three random cities. New Orleans doesn't even have a million people. And it's trending higher per capita than any city in the country. Again. I have an idea. Let's keep the same type of leadership in. Let's keep far left leadership in inner cities because it's really working out really so well, right? It's working out so well for all the cities I just mentioned. Yeah, de Blasio. Oh, I mean, he's killing it. Lori Lightfoot. Oh, she's awesome. Latoya the Destroyer. Oh, she's amazing. London Breed. Oh, wow. San Francisco. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's not. Let's keep the same thing going. How can you just, how can you turn your back and your eyes to this? Even if you're super liberal, understand liberal leader, super far left leadership in inner cities. has been awful on education. It's been awful on crime. It can't get any goddamn worse. Can it? Got my brother's coworker getting carjacked broad daylight. Good thing he had his gun on him. That carjacking never happened. And good thing he didn't have to execute bullets out of his mag because he would have just jumping in the passenger seat saying, get out the car with a knife. Yeah, good luck. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> and yet we just don't, we don't discuss it. Those are using your podcast as a platform. You're goddamn right I am because it's ridiculous now. And the media says nothing, but it's George Floyd. And now we have the new, oh, here we go. Oh, yes. There's a riot happening. Two people died in that riot. No one cares. Go back and look at the 10-month-old girl a year ago next month that was shot in a, in, a, 
and I, I talked about it a month ago, she was killed, shot in her car seat and died in the hospital the next day. A 10-month-old African-American infant died in Chicago, and we're talking about George Floyd the whole time. No one cares. Say her name. Where was the anger? And, he, and they haven't even caught that guy. That's another a murder that's not come to... No, he's still out there. No one cares. Do you see the media talking about that? No. I wonder why. Huh. wonder why. You know, wake up. I mean, I can't wait for somebody to pull a Mr. Blake. He won't. I mean, the minute that if you can find me somebody that wants to be objective in the news and start hammering this lunacy, you let me know. And I'll donate. Ridiculous. Stan Van Gundy, a.k.a. Stan Van Wokey. Belch, you're getting lazy. No, I'm not. He's white bitch of the week. And for many reasons. But the first would have to be this. As he's tweeting about Gates, Gats, Geats, I still don't know how to say his name. He's not tweeting about Andrew Cuomo, who we talked about, excuse me, yeah. Cuomo, who now is being accused of sexual assault by another woman. That's, that's different than last week. So now, now it's like, that the, I think it's like number 22, but now it's another sexual assault claim. They can't all be lying. <laughs> no. They might all be telling the truth. I don't know. But I know one thing. He's too busy worried about that. Last night, the Pelicans game ended at about quarter to 10. Okay? And they got their ass kicked by the Knicks and Thibodeau, a real coach who figured out real quick how to put Zion in check. Thibodeau is a great basketball coach. I love him. The Knicks are fun to watch because it's still real basketball. It's not 159 to 132. The Knicks play defense. They pick up half court. There's no lazy bullshit on transition. You don't get open threes. They play great defense. I'm a Knicks fan now. I hate the Pelicans. Garbage coach. 15 minutes after their loss, Van Gundy's on Twitter tweeting about the George Floyd case. The tweet was deleted because even he realized how ridiculous that is. Instead of getting in the locker room and doing your job after you just got embarrassed at home again, you're tweeting? I mean, what? what? That's a fireable offense. You're still on the clock. What are you going to do to make sure that this loaded team can at least be 500? Fucking clown show. And have some self-respect. Why don't you eat a few less carbs? Maybe hit the, hit the treadmill for a minute. A slob. And he can't coach for anything. All that talent? You can't even be 500? Is that asking too much? Is it asking too much to maybe go over what's not working? Maybe we should get the halftime speech that homeboy did necessary roughness. Because nothing's working for you. The tie doesn't work. The shirt doesn't work. Let us pray. Unbelievable. Fireable offense. I am nominating Stan Van Gundy for White Bitch of the Year. My second nomination at the awards ceremony in late December. He is a front runner. Front runner. He's running away with it right now. Absolute loser. 15 minutes. Hey, if you, if you are the GM, how are you not like, bro, what are you doing? I mean, you, I hope you were on the shitter when you did this. At least that's kind of acceptable. 
How can you already be on your phone? You just lost in a quote-unquote playoff race, which you're not going to make. And the NBA is so woken now that they have these two stupid play-in games. They even I agree with Mark Woken, a.k.a. Mark Cuban. It's a stupid idea. Everybody gets a trophy type thing. Get out of here. You don't deserve to go to the playoffs if you can't be 500 or if you are 500. Stan Van Wokey is white bitch of the week and another nomination for white bitch of the year. The Onion Ring, where even fiction is reality. Everything on here is a fact. With guest host, Bro Exotic, Super Woke. Bro Exotic. Thanks for jumping on the Sports Antelope. What's up, Chief? Well, what's going on, dude? Uh, bro Exotic, founder of Me Too, Mu Epsilon, Theta, Omega, Omega. What's going on, bro? Sick. We see that Woken Token has done a lot. It's bought you a, a yacht that is like, doesn't it say white privilege? I don't Oh uh, Yeah, it's a 50, 50-foot yacht that says privilege, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, noise. And good for you. A uh, lot to talk about today. Um, I mean, you know what? Before I just start speaking out of turn, it's your place. It's your segment. Educate us, bro exotic. So, um, so basically, the, uh, recently the stock market has been really good to me. Um, I've collected uh, my dividends from Woken Token to start a restaurant chain. And um, our mission of this restaurant is to provide a haven uh, for the woke to not only dine on our fire chicken. I mean, it's, it's literally on fire. Uh, but to savagely destroy other people's property and businesses that support their livelihoods. Nice. And that, of course, is uh, Buffalo Riot Wings. Buffalo Riot Wings. That's right, bro. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, um, at Buffalo Riot Wings, we're, um, you know, we're strictly uh, B-U-O-D, bring your own weapons. Um, and there's no management because, you know, BR dubs, we're, we're all about anarchy. Um but recently, we have had a little bit of a limited menu. Um, but, I mean, why would there be a limited menu? Well, I mean, when your restaurant is uh, blazing Inferno 24-7, there's tough to find places to cook and seating, you know. Got it. But, uh, Got it. you know, there's, the walls and ceilings are barely structurally sound, but uh, and we make most of our money through Uber Eats. But, you know, it's, it's the sacrifices like that that we have to uh, do each day to fight for the justice of George Floyd and uh, social justice in general. So, um, you know, uh, but recently we've been branching out though. So we started some franchises in, uh, in New York. There's one in Ground Zero because we're co-opting with the Muslims in New York and Detroit. Uh, we're, uh, bro, bro, wait, slow down for us. Oh, you're co-opting. Jeez, just please just slow down for all of us. You are co-opting with, run that back. So, yeah, so we're uh, co-opting uh, building franchises with the Muslim community. So you're building a Muslim. So you're are you like doing a co-op with the Ground Zero? I mean, a mosque? Are you putting? Oh, no, dude, you don't even you don't even understand. Like the I'm co-opting with woke Muslims. Oh, my God. OK, oh, yeah. so explain to us what that's looking like. So like. Woke Muslims are kind of like led by some sort of woke caliphate. Um, they <laughs> so so they like they they face Silicon Valley when they pray. And uh, you're out there, bro. No, fine, man. Keep going. <laughs> so I'm yeah, sorry, so man. they they uh 
they face toward uh, Silicon Valley when they pray. And, um, you know, instead of like uh, infidels, they declare jihad on the intolerance of the law that prohibits throuples of mixed genders to adopt trans babies. And, uh, you know, uh, some people do get stoned too. like um, some have been stoned for speaking out, uh, speaking ill of the permanent bodily life choices of uh, of our assistant um, secretary of health, Rachel Levine. And uh, some have died uh, being stoned to death for uh, not getting their COVID vaccines. But uh, I mean, technically, that means that they just died of COVID. So, um, but basically, so we franchised to Detroit um, to Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib because we believe in the Church of Woke that the Muslim community um, hasn't been catered to really in regards to taking out their frustrations on property due to their anger that, uh, you know, Israel still exists and Ben Shapiro is still breathing. And, uh, you know, the other day, the Church of Woke backed up the Detroit franchise by suing the fire department for, for continuously putting out the fires that they start, which is a clear violation of their riot rights. So we eventually had the fire department defunded. So Detroit is burning like Troy right now, but it's uh, it's all in the, the wakely name of social justice for Muslims, bro. All right, bro. Let me go ahead and run this back. Are you defunding the fire department? Did I hear that? Oh yeah, the fire department is defunded and canceled, bro. Why? Because they were putting out the fires that that these Muslim activists were doing at Buffalo Right Wings, and they're well within their right rights to do so. So they are. Uh, the fire department uh, is uh, Islamophobic, dude, and we're going to cancel you uh, ASAP for that, bro. Jesus, you cancel the fire department. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, Detroit. Detroit's up in flames, dude. But, I mean, we got to stand up for what's right. Right. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, is there any way we can kind of, you know, kind of scale it back? You talked about, you know, the mosque, the Muslims. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Christians not being able to go to church and mass, but yet Muslims being able to go to the mosque. Do you have any take on that? Because it actually happened in, in most states. Uh, do you have a problem with that or what? Mm, not really, dude. I mean, you have enough white privilege as it is. I mean, you can't just uh, help for COVID. <laughs> oh, Jesus. can't help for COVID's sake. I mean, now we have to spread this fake news. I, I, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm not with it, man. Just let let the let the woke Muslims do what they do. Let the Muslims do what they do. And you know, Christians, you can just just enjoy your privilege like you always have. Just invading other countries and forcing them to be Christians against their will, you know, that's just, you know, that's just in your nature, bro. God, I mean, it's just getting unbelievable. Okay. So Christians can't go to church. Muslims can't go to mosque, that type thing. Uh, yeah, that's what we're down with, dude. Wow. Uh, that's unbelievable. All right. Woken token literally is dominating. You have bought another white yacht called privilege. I'm looking at my notes here. I just wish I was as cool as you. Limited menu, uh, and you're telling me a limited menu at Buffalo, you know, Riot Wings for obvious reasons. There's not many, you know, cooks back there. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, at uh, at BR Dubs, dude, our chicken's always on fire, dude. Yeah, no, really, it's always on fire. And before you go, and you know what, our listeners want to hear one thing, and I think they want to know one thing and one thing all. Can you be fair? Bro, exotic, as woke as you are, can you just admit? Can you please admit 
the black on black violence around this country is way more a bigger issue than it is the four cops that have killed black people. Or are you so woken that you can't even admit to empirical data? Because a lot of people are trying to pin you down and I'm helping you out. But you have your chance to defend yourself. So what's up? Well, um, as we're all well aware um, from what we see on CNN, the real problem is with white supremacy and police forces killing black people. And, and I, I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. I mean, do you even watch the news? I think I should be canceled. You are canceled, dude. I mean, like not 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 officially, <laughs> not officially by the Church of Woke, but like you're you're pushing boundaries with me, dude. I mean. Like that, this is your privilege of speaking out. I mean, we can't we can't have the the justice that black people deserve. Like, I, I don't know where you're coming from, dude. All right. Well, I'm close to being canceled. Can we agree on that? Yeah, you're you're diet canceled, dude. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. almost there. Almost there. Well, let's go ahead and keep it wait before I do, because I want you on next week, bro. Exotic. Thanks for jumping on the show with your woken, ludicrous, and stupid opinion. If I may add, I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate it, dude. Um, yeah, man. Uh, bro exotic. You can follow me on uh Instagram. It's uh bro exotic. It's a B R E A U X exotic, and uh no woke, uh no joke, stay woke, bro. And please, please join us uh, at a franchise near you. Uh, B R Dubs. Buffalo Riot Wings. That's right, dude. We'll see you next week, bro. All right, man. Cheers. Take care, bro. Thanks, bro exotic. <laughs> Woo! Belts is feeling it. Tommy Bench. Tommy Bench, what's going on, pal? Not much sport. How you doing? You just sport me? Hey, sometimes you got to keep the youngins in their place. I have not heard sport in quite some time, but whatever. Uh, A lot to talk about. Uh, As you can imagine, uh, right now, I mean, there's no shortage of, of anything in this political buffet. I imagine you have a lot to discuss, and you know what? I'm not getting in your way. Let's go ahead and talk about what it is you want to. What's up, pal? Your second. So, so let's dive right in, and let's talk about everybody's favorite topic, the coronavirus vaccine. Now, again, I'm sure we get our typical reaction from some of our faithful listeners. Ah, here comes Tommy Bench, going to talk about his right-wing opinion on how the vaccine is 5G chip in your head. Nope. Nope, not going to talk about that. In fact, I, I think as more and more doses get administered, there's less and less criticism that can be launched uh, specifically against the biotech Pfizer and the Moderna ones. Of course, the Johnson Johnson was paused, but go elsewhere for analysis about that. What I want to talk about is the CoronaVac, which is the vaccine that has been made by Sinovac, which is the state-owned Chinese pharmaceutical company from China. Uh, that was uh, one of the earliest ones to begin developing a vaccine to the coronavirus. And one of the things that the Chinese government has done is they've, they've taken their vaccine and they're kind of following their Belt and Road initiative of, well, we're going we're gonna to utilize something we have. So for the Belt and Road initiative, it's long-term financing schemes to build out infrastructure in poor countries. And so this time they're going to take that kind of framework of we're going to give them something we have, a supposed vaccine for the coronavirus and and getting good with all these kind of third world and developing countries. And we're going to show 
how virtuous we, the Chinese Communist Party, is. We are the ones helping these poor third world and developing countries escape the ravages of the coronavirus. Okay, fine. Hey, you know, that's a thing kind of following the Soviet um, the Soviet style plan to ingratiate yourself with the poor nations of the world and spread your horrible ideology. Except here's the problem. I'm looking at articles from AP News and the Washington Post. So hardly bastions of right wing anti China free thought. The AP headline is top officials admit Chinese vaccines have low effectiveness. The Washington Post official Chinese vaccines effectiveness low. Now, when you dive in a little bit deeper into these articles, essentially what they're finding is in actual field uh, evaluations, and, and they define being in the field as once you're spreading this to the general public, so not in controlled environments or uh, specific people that it's being tested on, you know, uh, test groups. But in the broader population, they're finding out that the Sinovac uh, vaccine called CoronaVac is at best 50% effective, which for vaccines is, is considered not very effective. Uh, as, as people may remember hearing the Moderna, Pfizer, Biotech ones are somewhere in the mid 90s, even the Johnson and Johnson, which is the single shot DNA based is somewhere in the upper 60s to mid 80s, depending on the population cohort it's, it's being used on. But what really caught my attention about this whole thing. So, OK, we get it. The Sinovac vaccine is not nearly as effective as its Western counterparts. And, it, and it's almost to the point of if that were being developed by a Western pharmaceutical company, they'd probably throw it away and say, nope, sorry, we don't have a vaccine. All right. I, I almost don't think they would have issued one had it had such low effectiveness. But listen to the Bloomberg.com article, same article, and all these articles came out on the, within the same three-hour period. Bloomberg, Sinovac shot cuts risk of symptomatic COVID in half in key study. Now, again, to put things in perspective, uh, the, all the, the, the Pfizer, the Biotech, the Moderna vaccines are cutting the risk of symptomatic and severe COVID by like 80 or 90%. Okay, so people are still getting it. But when they get it, it's not as severe. And, and it's cut something like death in, up to 99% in, in the latest rounds of evaluations. Uh, the data coming out of Israel essentially shows if you've been vaccinated, it really is a one out of 100 that you, you would die as, if you contract a serious case, which is already a smaller number. All of this to say, it, it is just a glaring example. And we've pointed out in the past about the hypocrisy of the media, you, you look at this and you've got two left-wing news outlets, more or less reporting it pretty straightforward. And then Bloomberg, because you know Mike Bloomberg probably has all kinds of business interests in China. They sure make sure that that headline puts the best possible spin. You know, In other words, in, in all the mountains of data that come out that is not good for this Sinovac vaccine, they find the one little tidbit and try to spin it and say, that's what we should really pay attention to. No. You should be paying attention to the fact that China, the country that gave us the coronavirus, was not able to make an effective vaccine, period, full stop. And the fact that they're using this kind of vaccine wolf diplomacy, you know, Belt and Road Initiative methodology on developing in third world countries, it just shows they don't care about actually effectively vaccinating any of those countries. They just want to use it to increase their hegemony, their power, their influence in various regions of the world. And again, I look at our current administration and think they're just sitting on the sidelines allowing this to happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of looks like uh, for me as well, 
how are they not allowing it to happen? It looks exactly such. And for the most part, um, I really want to hear your take. At, why don't you go ahead and get a little deeper here? Because before I really get into my opinion, I, I see where you're going. So just go ahead and get a little deeper, and then Danny Belts jump in. Go ahead. Well, I was I was gonna I was closing out the Sinovac article discrepancy and you know how the media plays to China and again this is just an extension of what we've seen with the NBA where they're afraid to allow people to put free Hong Kong on the back of jerseys. I wanted to do that. That's right. I wanted to. Do so, that. I, but it's I mean it just it just goes without saying, right? And again, America is the big evil racist place, and there are countries that are, you know, indicating they they wouldn't advise traveling here. But we're gonna go have the Olympics in Beijing in 2022. And yet they literally have concentration camps in Western Zhejiang province. Okay. We're just not going to talk about that. We're just, we're just going to ignore that. So moving on. Well, we can't, I mean, we can't, I mean, LeBron won't talk about it. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, <laughs> um, you got to get all Goodell those Chi-coms to watch space, space jam Two, which is going to suck by the way. I mean, if you're a child of the nineties and you think LeBron can do a better job than MJ, who, Frankly, probably wasn't that great an actor, but still. Space Jam 2 probably will be the, that will be the wokest. You know what's funny? It will be propped up and it will make as much money as like Avatar, right? Right. Like it really won't be that good of a movie, but um, whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm not seeing it, so. I'm not either. I'm not either. So, all right, moving on. Over the past week, it was uh, three or four days ago, there was video, Zoom video came out of a teacher, a couple of teachers in California, essentially berating their students and their students' parents saying, I can't believe that you're saying that we should be in-person teaching. I've been an educator for 20 years and blah, blah. And it was just, it was this condescending, how dare you have any input on how I do my job? And it's so unbelievable that you're making these demands of me and I'm an educator, I'm a professional, and I know what I'm doing, and I, 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 and you're so ignorant, and blah, blah, blah. And, and here's the thing. There, there's the obvious hypocrisy of, okay, hey, I live in Texas. Our kids have been back in school since early September. And, and as far as I'm aware, because you know it'd be, it'd be front-page news, we are not stacking kids up in morgues dying of coronavirus, okay? I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not aware of that happening. And you know if it was by any large scale or by any significant number it would be front page news of every newspaper advocating for the shutting down of schools. So there's a number of states the kids have been back in school. But California is one of these states. They're, they're just going to hold out to the bitter end. In fact, I wonder. I wonder if I could even place a bet on whether or not they're going to start in-person education next school year. Next school year. Can you imagine that six months from now? So, so besides yeah. the obvious hypocrisy of that, it, it really illustrates to me how people who are so – cloistered within their profession and, and their belief that their profession is so sacrosanct and there's nobody else who could understand it or even have input on it. And, and you do see this with a lot of professionals, whether it's the legal profession, the medical profession, um, not as much engineers, but you will see that there and people who are experts in IT and teachers and things like that. They don't want influence from people outside of their profession to either guide policies of their profession. But herein lies the fundamental difference with those, I'd say, professions where you have some choice. Look, I can choose which doctors to go see. I can choose which lawyers to retain. I can choose which engineering firms to contract and utilize. When it comes to teachers, look, yes, I know I can go to public school or excuse me, private school. But by and large, if I'm not financially capable of doing that, I'm stuck with whatever public school there is. 
And a similar parallel, and this is really what I wanted to tease out of this, a similar parallel is the military, right? We, we as citizens of this great country, we don't have a choice over which branch of the military or which military units and divisions go and provide us freedom and protect us from harm and go overseas and kill bad guys, right? That's just kind of a public good that's out there. We all benefit from it. We don't have a choice. But what's interesting is we do as a society recognize that the military requires civilian oversight. In other words, oversight and input from people outside of the institution itself. And I think that's good and important because let me tell you, having been in the military, if the military were given the responsibility of foreign policy in the United States, do you know what the answer to every foreign policy problem would be? Let's hear it. Well, I, I think you could fill it in. What would the answer be to every foreign policy problem if the U.S. military were in charge of foreign policy? Man. I think the answer would be, let's put some rounds downrange. Anytime there would be a foreign policy but problem. But how can I say that? I mean, that's, that's you, baby. But it's, that's but it's you, true. But, but that, so the, that's coming right from the uh, one of the clips of, this is you, baby. This is you. So you were in the U.S. military. I was not. I but, mean, but, I can't assume we put but that's, down range. That's why it's important for there to be people from outside of that institution having some oversight and input into it. And I draw the comparison to the education institution, uh, largely the you know K through tell K through twelve public education institution, because you see this example of this teacher. And by the way, I know this is not uh, illustrative of all teachers out there. Um, I know a lot of teachers who are happy to get kids back in school where, wherever they're teaching from, and they hate the online stuff as much as all the parents hate it. But that mindset of somebody who's, I've been in teaching for 20 years, and how dare you have any input and tell me, it, it's just so dangerous. And I think it, it leads to an echo chamber within institutions and organizations and groups like that, where if you're not even willing to hear the opinion or thoughts of people from outside of your group, organization, or institution – how are you going to get better? How are you going to hear from the people that you serve? And, and so it, again, it just, it illustrated the, the hypocrisy and some of the negative things that have happened as a result of the fear mongering and talking points about how this pandemic should be handled and how certain institutions are looking for ways out. And, and it was just, it was amazing. And the arrogance and the arrogance and thinking that time in something versus quality of the product you're producing within that entity uh, is, is more important. And it was just amazing to see it on full display. Wow. Well, <clears throat> and then to close out here, I, I need some input. I need some help from our faithful Anadotian audience. Okay. Uh, the Trump supporter, Alicia, I forget her last name. I should have had that ready. Uh, she was an Air Force veteran. She died on January 6th. It was very tragic. She was shot by a Capitol Police officer. It was determined that that Capitol Police officer will not face criminal charges. Okay, fine. I, look, I don't have a copy of the detailed report. I'm, I'm going to trust that they did a thorough examination. They determined that that officer used his or her firearm in the line of duty in accordance with whatever the rules of engagement were at the time. Um, being consistent what she, two things can be true at once. What she did did not justify being killed, but what she did and what she was engaged in put her and the people around her in a position where something really bad could have happened and something bad did happen. She lost her life and it's really tragic and terrible. Now, I have been assured by the media that when somebody in a group that you belong to is killed 
by police, regardless of legitimate or illegitimate, it's time to go riot. So I, are we going to Crate and Barrel first? Are we going to William and Sonoma? I, I've never done this before. So can somebody... Oh, you haven't, you haven't rioted before? No, I've never rioted before. So I'm just what, like, where do we go? Riot? Where do we all put our MAGA hats on and go and riot and get free stuff? I could use some help. I'm going to go ahead and suggest that we actually go to the well. And can we just add two minutes to the segment? Absolutely. Bench, if we were going to riot, I think the smartest thing to do was us to get an extended stay right outside of Minneapolis. I like it. And as this whole thing happens, as people take televisions and, you know, other stuff, we focus on Gillette razors and batteries. Gillette razors and batteries. I like it. So, so obviously we had, we had briefly discussed this before and being, being serious, but not serious in case somebody goes and does this. And then we get investigated for uh, inciting this kind of activity. We are, let's just be clear. We are not recommending. Right. We are not recommending anyone do this. However, in thinking about it, when you see these videos of people looting and rioting and you see them trying to haul off TVs or, you know, a washing machine or something large, it got me to think, all right, what, what, what would I, if I was going to do this? And yeah, just like you said, Gillette razors, um, you know, I, obviously I, th- I bet nicotine products go pretty quick because I bet people are pretty, pretty, you know, keen on pulling those off uh, over the counter medications. In other words, what you should look for. And, and again, we're not advising people to do this, but I'm just always amazed when somebody tries to, you know, lift or, you know, iPhones and iPads, those things, they can immediately look serial numbers lock you out i mean it's just too easy too easy for the cops to come catch you gillette razors nicotine products over-the-counter medications things you want to look for high dollar low weight low volume physical volume is what i mean by that so like a refrigerator okay that's cool i guess you could hawk that for like 600 bucks on facebook marketplace but just physically moving it is difficult you want things that are easy to move you can get a few duffel bags in there and then really I mean, the creme de la creme would be you bust back into the, the storage area behind, we want that behind the scenes. We want you, the pallet. We want to find the pallet. I mean, you find a pallet of Gillette razors, you just back <laughs> a truck up to the loading dock and load that bad boy on and start selling them, you know, a constant stream on eBay or Facebook Marketplace, and you're good. You're good. You, you could almost put a kid through college with a couple of pallets of Gillette Fusion six-blade <laughs> razors. I really, I really want to look into this because I think I could just rob my way to, uh, you know, just um, uh, a university for uh, my little girl over here. Man. There you go. Once you go to college. Don't worry about it. I, when the riots happened, I backed up a twenty-six <laughs> foot Penske and loaded it with every Gillette Fusion razor from every Target within a ten-mile radius of Minneapolis. And I had so many AAA batteries. Yeah. And I had enough AAA batteries to power a Tesla. Unbelievable. All right, Bench, I got nothing, man. You ready to go? I'm ready. I'm I'm done. <laughs> we'll see you next week, man. Out here. Thanks for joining the Sports Antelope, episode number 44. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram, at the Sports Antelope. Follow Bro Exotic on there, B-R-E-A-U-X. I think I misspelled that like I do everything else. Follow me at Danny underscore Belch with a Z.
Tell some people's about the show. You know who would like this show. You know. And don't act like it ain't unique in its own. And wait till my boy Vanden Woken comes on this pod. It's going to be sick. Be sure and tune in next week. Once again, thanks to Bro Exotic. Thanks to Tommy Bench. Rate, subscribe, and review Mr. Blake. He'll never touch you. When is somebody going to blow up this ridiculous media? Hopefully one day we have the distinct privilege of doing that. I'll debate Chris Cuomo right now and smash him. And I'm smashed. <laughs> Woo! Keep it real. We'll see you next week at Oceans. One won't lose until I choose, which I won't cause I don't retreat. I run you over like a truck and leave it dead in the street. You're inviting me a titan to a battle. Why I don't need your